Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! Are you ready? We, we just uh, ready player one. Ready. Player one. And on the count of three, we'll give our one to ten rating. One, two, three, three. four. <laughs> Those are some of our lowest rating. That is the lowest rating I've given. Is a four. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I didn't care. About anything that happened in that movie. There was no soul in that movie <laughs> at all. Steven, what yeah, he are just, you doing directing just, this movie? I mean, yeah, he just... Unfortunately, he was Spielberging it up the whole time. He was kind of losing the plot the entire movie, which I think is what he's been doing for the last 10, ten years at least. He, he just kind of does an impression of making a movie as opposed to making something that <laughs> he actually wants to do. Um... That was just sad. That looked nice. That was carefully. It looked nice. Carefully um, designed. That is it. Uh, and that's the only just, reason I got a, a three shell. for me. Yeah. Is because it looked nice. Yeah. Sometimes. And I really like the actor who played Halliday. Okay. Yeah. He was. He's been in a lot of Spielberg stuff lately. He was. He was uh, in Bridge of Spies and the uh, Big Friend the Giant. Or he was like the motion capture guy for that. Uh-huh. He was also in Dunkirk. He's the ship. Oh. Um, cool. Captain. Yeah, her. he's a good actor. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I also really liked uh, Artemis, that actress who we've seen recently. I thought yeah, she, you know, she, she was, was fine. doing her best to save the movie. Is how I felt uh-huh. about it. Like, I she's the only one I was like, oh, I. Oh, you're I, trying. I feel like there's some stakes here. Cause just, just <laughs> the per- performance, I think, lent itself well to the movie that was hopefully going to get made. Yep, except when she sat in that chair and the script told her to make two of the worst jokes in the whole show. Which one? When she's sitting there looking through um, the bad guys, like, she sits in his big chair and she's looking through his things and she's like, Kegels for men. Uh-huh. And there's one other one that I was like, really? Those are your best jokes that you could come up with for yeah, like... Humor was really one, bad. One, this is not the moment to have a joke. Two, those are bad jokes. <laughs> I think I laughed twice and they tried to make me laugh a lot. And it was the kind of jokes that weren't just like, eh, it was like, oh. <laughs> you know, and I laughed when he finally kisses her at the end. And then for no explained reason, just like leans on his strings <laughs> What? Yeah, it was really awkward. It was so awkward. Not clear what was going on. I feel like all of the actors, when they were given that direction, were just in their heads like, no, oh no, this is bad. But just did it because they were all being very polite. Whenever they referenced older, you know, intellectual properties like um, The Shining or The Iron Giant, I just felt like they were saying, look, Hey, look, we got the rights to this one. And it wasn't that expensive. Oh, we look, we got Chucky, because no one cares about Chucky. Right. Uh, like, it was just like, 
as opposed to being things that would make sense. It was completely random things. Yeah. That they got a good deal on the rights to because yeah. so or it's like they couldn't actually reference anything in Back to the Future, so they just had to have a DeLorean that they don't really refer to very much. Yeah. And whenever they say Back to the Future stuff, they refer to Robert Zemeckis, the <laughs> director, because it's the only thing that's not gonna like make them have to say, okay, yes. We're basically needing to reference this movie. Yeah. Let's get a license for it. Yeah. I don't know to what degree what I'm saying is true, but it felt that's what the movie felt like. It's like a lot of what are some bargain deals on movie rights? Yeah. Let's throw let's, let's this is a bargain bin of old properties that are not making money anymore. <laughs> and uh, that was always gonna be the question after reading this book, which Jill and I did, of And really enjoyed it. Yeah. Just for the record. Of how how would a movie get made that has to get these same rights because there's a lot of them and the, the first tip off to me that this was not going to go in the direction that I hoped was when Spielberg was quoted saying that uh, he wasn't comfortable making a movie that had homages to Spielberg stuff because it was his movie that he was directing so he didn't want to do that so he just <laughs> got rid of a lot of the great references that I'm sure would have been easier. They were actually in right. the book? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, yeah, who chose him to direct it then? Yeah, yeah. So. And I, and I went into it with a very open mind as far as this is going to be different than the book mm-hmm. and movies need to be different than the books and I'm okay with that. And I was okay with it. I didn't mind that they were picking new places and I didn't mind that the characters were meeting each other in the real life in real IRL way before they do in the mm-hmm. book fine I, I you know I think that is a great way to lend itself to a better um cinematic kick you got it <laughs> cinematic version of the story but unfortunately they they didn't do a good job I felt like 90% of that movie was the most uncreative exposition I have I ever heard especially the thing that stood out to me as the worst in terms of exposition was when they kind of hack Serrano's station the reveal is like cool so just so everyone's clear we're not actually in Serrano's office we're, we've hacked right. into it and we were able to do that because of this this and this great awesome okay now what do we have to do next that we've already talked about right so there was no actual reveal it was just characters explaining things that, that are, moment was oh that so... is impressive that's very impressive that, that you told us that yes and it was long I mean they couldn't <laughs> even just quickly boringly explain it to us yeah they took a really long time to do it yeah. too I enjoyed the beginning quite a bit I liked the first key both the clues towards it in mm-hmm. the race. Yeah. I thought that was a fun racing action scene. The um, references felt a little more organic, like there's King Kong and yeah. uh, I forget what else, but it just felt a little bit more like, okay, so that's just this game that they're playing or this challenge is a kind of hodgepodge of cinematic legacies. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I liked the concept of that. I, I thought it was clever in a racing game to go backwards. That's... Mm-hmm. That's a creative uh, twist. Because that's not in the book at all, right? No, the the, the challenges were completely different. In the yeah, book. yeah, those are um, So yeah, I, I just thought this is fun. Like I'm, this feels like a ride. I was like, oh, I bet this would be a fun part of the movie to see in 3D. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just ready for a lot more of that. And hopefully, 
getting better and better. <laughs> right. I felt that from that scene onward, it got worse and worse and worse. Absolutely. Especially the ending, so dragged out. The book takes a lot of care to explain all the rules because it's this crazy universe yeah. that we need to understand all of the rules. It's like when you're about to learn a video game and you have to learn all the rules. When you're reading the book, you feel like you're doing that, but it's fun. Mm. Like a video game, you're having fun. (laughs) In this, they do a really bad job creating rules that then they follow. So, for example, they have all these drones everywhere finding people. Like, they're trying to find the mail truck. And they will... There's a moment when Finale, I think her name is, she runs and gets to the mail truck just as um, Wade has jumped in there with all of his friends and they drive off. Why, Why wouldn't they send the drones right then? I mean, the drones are out in that moment. Like, it just... Uh-huh. They just stand there like, oh, man. <laughs> and then they can't find the truck until the moment when it's going to just be really useful to knock it over a bunch of times. Like, it just... So much of it felt really contrived. My eyes were glazing over quite a bit. Yeah. Um, towards the end, especially the the truck, all the truck stuff, I was just kind of checking out. But yeah, I think I, I checked back in once he got the golden egg because I was just wow, this is being handled so badly. This ending, just droning <laughs> on and on. You check and back then, in with astonishment yeah, at how bad it yeah. was. Well, at least before there was, it was kinetic, you know, there was, there was lots of movement and, you know, the, the there was eye candy. Yeah. But then at the end, I was just amazed at how much screen time was being given to these, like, slow dialogue scenes of walking around Sunset Room and then Simon Pegg's character being this really corny old man being yeah. like, I was watching out for you, little kid. <laughs> I didn't mind the plot change of him being the, like, concierge of all the memories. Like, I thought that was a fun... I just mean that the, the performance, like, how hokey... I totally understand. How hokey that was. Yeah, yeah. Like, old man makeup on Simon Pegg. I completely agree. Um, and why why don't they just make then, it British also? Then, uh, that's when, like, the, the <laughs> soundtrack, I'm sure, which I'm sure throughout was doing this, but it really was bugging me at the end. Yeah. Just, again, really corny, like, horns and, like, chimes. Just, I completely like, telling agree. me, just telegraphing so hard what I, just, I was supposed to be feeling. I just was trying to remember that I did think the rare moments when I said, oh, that's a positive thing. Yeah. So you're saying that just reminded me that I thought that was a... An interesting reveal at the end. And uh, a, a joke that I rolled my eyes so hard at was uh, Artemis kicks Serrano in the oh balls. Oh my gosh. And he's like, oh my balls. Oh. And then they keep checking back in to be like, remember, she kicked him in the balls. I know. Look, his suit is red by his crotch. Why? She kicked him in the balls. <laughs> I know. But it wasn't in a uh, charming, oh, in the 90s, dorky old men got kicked in the balls a bunch. This is a reference to that. It was like, oh, this is a funny joke. Like, it was, there's no, there's no level of irony to it at all. It was just yeah. Spielberg being like, oh, I bet this is going to be funny for the kids. <laughs> Spielberg doesn't usually have comedic relief. And I think that that's wise. 
because I don't think he has a, an ear for it. Yeah. I wanted to... So, I knew that they weren't going to make Artemis like she was in the book. I believe... I forget exactly how she's described. I think maybe the book uses the phrase plump around the waist or something like that uh-huh. to kind of suggest she's not as tall and sleek as she was as her, uh, yeah, as her, as her avatar, avatar was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted the birthmark to be more significant. Me too. Because she's a strikingly beautiful actress. She's a strikingly beautiful human so, being. So, right. So give us something to at the very beginning to kind of recoil a little bit. Right. Where I, So I, I always think about this example. District 9, the first time this is a weird analogy, sorry. But the first time we see these aliens, mm-hmm. they're, they look like insects. But by the end of the movie, they feel like human beings. Mm-hmm. like Or like a cartoonized version of a human being. Because we've seen them for 90 minutes and have grown to love them and, and appreciate all these little things that they do. In the same way as a birthmark that kind of takes over someone's face could be surprising or something that you kind of stare at uh, too long. Yeah. At the beginning, once you get to know someone like that, you don't notice it at all. In fact, it can become something that you find particularly special and endearing about them. Right. So I wanted that to happen, especially since, Same. like you said, we're introduced to her about halfway through the movie as a real-life person. So make that a little bit more off-putting to us. Don't make it just like a beauty mark. <laughs> totally. It was like an attractively shaped right. <laughs> birthmark. But I, I agree, and I was kind of hesitating talking about this, but... I, I wasn't quite sure how I felt about her, like, when she shows up on their date and at the dance club where they float around everywhere, and she's wearing, like, a super low-cut dress, and it's super skinny, and she's being wicked flirtatious, and, um, uh, in a way that I, I felt like, you know, the kind of, like, warrior babes in... <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> in a lot of video games that I think were created mainly knowing that there were guys playing uh-huh. them. Yeah, so I, In that part of the story, though, I think that serves to show uh, us that um, Wade is not actually thinking clearly when he says, I love you, because she's like, of course you don't. You know, that oh, I don't, I don't care about that. I'm just saying her appearance. No, but I'm saying that serves that plot point. It serves the plot point of him in that moment just being overwhelmed with, like, guess. lust or... Um, I guess. I I thought they made her look a little too, um, I don't know, too much. But and I'm saying that the, the, the more, the closer that it is to Warrior Babe, the better their point is being made. Because... He's seeing this warrior babe in a game and be like, "Oh, that's hot." And she's well, like, he's "That's stupid." He's already been doing that the whole movie so far. I know, but I'm saying it to that point. We're putting a T on it and saying, "This is when we get have to realize that he's del- deluding himself and doesn't actually know like what he wants or likes. Um, he's he's too obsessed with this re- virtual reality." I guess. I guess my point is kind of separate from that. So, okay, if it's serving the plot a little, but. She is choosing to look like this, yeah? Uh-huh. And she is choosing to be, like, everything that she is in that scene. And to me, I question that a little bit. 
You question what? Like that her, that her character would be making all those choices as far as her avatar goes. And I could sort of buy it a little bit more if she, the girl, did have a real insecurity about, you know, how she looked or, mm. you know, and she doesn't feel able to be sexy in real life and she really can be free to do that in in this oasis uh, and it's like they wanted to deal with appearances and they just didn't do it in any yeah, sort of a relatable way i guess that's all it the, is We're just, the reality is real like well that's that's obviously a lame thing to say and i think they're like it's lame but like it's true so it works um <laughs> But I think it, that is just as shallow as the movie was, you know? Yeah. Reality is real. It's true. Reality is real. And that's, uh, that's this movie, this was a movie. <laughs> I guess all of that thing that I'm saying is, it felt shallow. There's something about that that felt shallow. Or the moment when um, Sho's brother, I can't remember his name. He's like in the in the mail truck, like meditating before they like call on him. And I'm like, can we not? There was a lot of I I, I kept going back and forth that? on whether this movie has a problem with Orientalism. Yeah. Um, the Asian businessman trying to commit suicide at the beginning I thought was yeah. problematic. Um, yeah, like I'm a ninja, I'm an Asian thing. I felt like it was uh, like whenever those characters did something that was unique, it was because it was Asian. So yeah. I, I felt that felt like that was. I've, pretty shallow um, but then there were moments where I was like okay well this is just a funny line that they're saying it's not has, has nothing to do with them being Asian so I found the characters endearing when they mm-hmm. weren't doing things that were stereotypically Asian right but they were doing stereotypically Asian things why why do we feel the need to do yeah this? still I'm trying to think if I want to change yeah, my do score we want to change it I was a four you were a three yeah I think I'll still keep mine in a three only because I didn't hate the, or no, I did hate some things. <laughs> I I like the visuals. <laughs> I uh, thought having read the book, I thought they a lot of what was in my imagination reading the book seemed to match up very nicely with uh-huh. this movie, and I think that's really challenging because it's very complex things that they're describing. Yeah, I'll go down to three point five. Welcome to the three <laughs> level. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. That's all, folks. Bye 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 bye. Bye 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 bye.